Welcome back to Sad Girl Hours. We have an amazing guest here today. I'm super, super excited to be sitting next to the amazing Claudia Kite. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited that you decided to come on here. Um, you've been through a lot of fucking shit, dude, and I've known you for such a long time. So kind of an introduction for her. I've literally known this girl since she was 13 14 like you were baby um and I don't know even when we don't like talk all the time and we're not hanging out like we can still come back into orbit and it's just like we've always been I don't know we've just always had a really good bond it really has yeah yeah and I've got to watch you grow through so much and I'm just so fucking proud of you especially the time I've spent with you today um so before we kind of jump into everything today one of the biggest reasons um we're having Claudia on today is because unfortunately she is connected to a man that I have been I was out protesting against today um I kind of mentioned it on my dad's podcast if you listen to the 27th hour um but there is a serial rapist that has been active in Utah for over 10 years, going on 10 years since we were 15. Well, since I was 15, I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm 25 now. Yep. <laughs> and um, you, unfortunately, were are one of the survivors from when he very first started back when we were in high school. Yeah, um, I was in junior high, and I was 13, so now being 23, it's kind of crazy, kind of just how things have, how they started there, and it's still happening today, today, 10 years later, so it's, it's honestly insane seeing someone be able to get away with as much as they have been, and Absolutely. having parents that are such enablers. That actively helping mm-hmm. with bailouts. So to kind of give you guys um, some context, I also grew up with this person. Um, all of our friend group, like, we all hung out together. There was a big-ass grip of us. Um, I forgot my disclaimer again at the beginning. I feel like, I don't know. I know that podcasts will, like, continuously do their disclaimer, but I'm kind of like, you guys... <laughs> <laughs> you guys know, but for anybody who doesn't, 18 and Up podcast, um, we are talking about um, some pretty hard topics, and there's going to be a lot of swearing, and um, I do want to apologize because I was going to put a trigger warning as well at the very beginning. Um, there is going to be talk of sexual assault, um, so, you know, if you're kind of not in a space to have that kind of conversation or sit in on one, I guess, would be better than totally okay. Take a sit out on this one. I do encourage people, you know, even though it may be uncomfortable, obviously don't push your boundaries, but um, we definitely want more people to know about what's been going on Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, and I definitely would say, like, 
I think it's super important to have the word out there. And I think it's so important to be talking about it because sexual assault is one of those things that gets swept under the rug. And it's just, it's a dirty, they're dirty words and they don't want to be talked about. So bringing it into conversation and making it an actual thing and trying to at least be comfortable with the topic, even though it is such a vile and disturbing thing. It helps kind of the victims, it helps the survivors be able to talk about it and be open. It helps them, it helps them to say like, hey, me too. And I think that's why when the whole Me Too movement came out, it was so important because it's like, holy shit, I'm not the only fucking one here. And I now have support to test my options afterwards you know absolutely and like find that support within knowing and that's another big reason why I wanted to have you on and was so excited that you agreed to be on because luckily um you know I what I experienced textbook is I was molested by a man but like to me, like, it's it wasn't something so huge that, like, it affects me to stay kind of thing. And it took me years to really even understand that that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and luckily, because it was so, it was so quick and, like, nothing, like, went further than just, like, touching me while I was asleep without consent. Which is still, like, you say that like that and you're like, that's still not okay. But it's like, I have never been raped I have never been, like, sexually assaulted in that way. So to have perspective from someone who has unfortunately had to be in that situation and actually can give context for people, I think is so important. Um, So, and honestly, just kind of since we were going to dive into just the context of things, I think a lot of it starts back with, when everything happened with you, with this particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you kind of want to, whatever you're comfortable, no <laughs> no pressure of anything. Yeah, but. no, for sure. So I think, so everything just kind of started unraveling for me when I was 13. I was dealing with a lot emotionally, and I was just very, you could say, mentally unstable. <laughs> um, I... There didn't I was very lost and I was very confused and so that put me in a position of messaging a 16 year old boy inviting him over when my mother was asleep and unfortunately the situation just escalated to a point of me saying slow down or like don't go as fast like Right. You don't need to be escalating the situation as much as it was being escalated. And so pretty much that the rape happened. And afterwards, I just was very confused. I was very, I didn't know what to say because yeah. everything I wanted was to be slowed down and it didn't. So I think that manipulation took context within itself because as I for me saying slow down it wasn't saying stop to him and so I put that blame on myself for quite a while but 
Um, my Which family, a lot of women do. Yeah, unfortunately. yeah. Absolutely. Because it's like, if you don't full on say stop, then you obviously wanted You're it wrong. to happen. Yeah, yeah. And people have that huge misconception as to, well, if you didn't say stop, then how was he supposed to know? Right. But saying like slow down or don't go as fast or I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like those are still indications as to, hey, I am not ready for this or this is not what I'm looking for. And so I think all men need to realize that when it comes to, you know, sexual encounters that yes means yes and no means no. Right. So after, you know, that happened, um, thankfully, um, so some Facebook messages were sent out. This was before between the two of us. The next day he um, pretty much messaged me again asking for a threesome between him and one of his friends. Um, still very confused from the night previously. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? When you're like, I'm not <laughs> talking to you like I enjoyed last this, night. You, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> and no. I, the fact that he took that as, oh, I can still take more. Absolutely. That's where it was just like, okay, this guy Crossing is... I even more. This guy is insane. So my mom thankfully found those messages because I didn't respond back to that. I just shut it out and I was like, nope, like whatever, not responding, not giving him any more leverage to take advantage and assault me even more. Right. So pretty much my mom and my family, they pressed charges on him and he was getting charged with rape of a child, but pleaded down to statutory rape. And so he took that plea, and that was pretty much the end of it. Well, and what was the biggest thing that, like, during when you guys were going to court, their argument for things on his side was, but he... He's an athlete. He is a promised young man who has so much potential. And this was a huge Joke. mistake. This will never happen again. And, Horrible. you know, again, you know, me and Serena were talking earlier just like on how rapists and um, people that can take advantage of women, how they can get away with things just because they play sports or. They are gifted in any type of way just because Sports you're wise. Yeah. Like it's, they're put on this like whole other pedestal. You see that with Brock Turner. Yep, absolutely. And it's so crazy because that was such a huge case as it should have mm -hmm. been. But then it's like all of these other cases are happening. And just because they're not like so publicized. Right. They're still happening. And so like dead ass, it's like how can like these school administrators say um he is such a promised athlete and he's going to go so far this was just a little mistake same with the brock turner situation sorry mm -hmm. i can't even talk i am that person <laughs> most of the time but it was just like you can't take advantage of someone in their body and expect nothing to happen and no consequences to happen but pretty much that is it, that's pretty much what, to me, it feels like happened with the person that we're talking about. 
Absolutely. Because life just went on for him. And for me... Still kind of just going on. Yeah, for me, mine kind of stopped and I had to... A lot of people didn't believe the situation because he went about his life and he told a completely different story. Yeah. As to, I wanted it, I asked for it. asked for it, you invited him over, you were... The thing that really has always grossed me out, because I was also one of those, like, and I was friends with both of you guys, and I, it wasn't that I didn't want to believe you, I just couldn't believe it, because this guy, I'm calling him basically my brother, that's how close I was to him, and he had never done anything to me, but that was also young, naive thinking too. And I think it has a lot of, lot to do with the type of sex ed we receive out here, the way the culture is out here. I think Absolutely. it all has a lot to do with it. Our sex ed isn't shit. Like Me and Shelby <laughs> talked about it on her episode. We talked about how absolutely absurd it is. Because how you were talking about how you said, you know, slow down, like those things. This is things that men and women would know if it was talked about candidly in sex education because consent is not part of the curriculum at least out here no it's not and I mean I feel like we barely even have a curriculum here it's not pretty much our curriculum is to stay abstinent and wait until you're married yep and don't put yourself the church don't put yourself in vulnerable positions don't go out and party don't drink and smoke don't wear promiscuous clothing. It's always it's victim all, blaming. Yeah, it's, it's part of the rape <laughs> culture out here, and it's ridiculous. Well, so for talking about sex ed, that is our curriculum. It's mm-hmm. not talking about consent. It's not talking about protection or, you know, STIs or STDs or mm-hmm. whatever. It's literally talking about how the victim is telling the victim how to not get raped. Yeah. And that's our sex ed. Yeah, so, absolutely. For, you know, teaching young girls, as I used to be one, as to don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and then you'll be okay. But even then, it still can happen. If you're sober, if you're wearing sweats and a hoodie, it doesn't matter what you're wearing, where you're at, what you're drinking, what you're putting into your body. It can happen at any time of the day. The only thing that causes rapes is rapists. That's exactly right. Only thing. (laughs) So I, you know, just kind of, after that whole situation, I just, I didn't talk about it really. Like if anybody asked, if anybody asked about the situation, I was like, yeah, this is what happened. And honestly, like they could believe me, they they didn't didn't have to. Well, nobody went out of their way to check the charges, but I don't know if as a minor you were able to even pull that kind of stuff. Um, I don't believe so, no. So like nobody could have, even if they wanted to like really check, like they wouldn't, and it dropped off once he turned 18. And that's such a a shitty thing because he has multiple charges on his um, juvenile record. Exactly. But now that he's an adult, he has nothing. And so... Of course, as far as sexual assault goes, he has nothing, which we'll get into. Absolutely. And so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like we're pretty much just waiting for one encounter for it to finally be on his freaking record. And how shitty is that to feel like you're (laughs) waiting for him to do it so it can be on his record? Or just hoping that like enough people will end up coming forward. But so to kind of fall in line with that so around the same time he had 
assaulted another girl that we went to school with that we were friends with. And um, one of the biggest reasons why she didn't end up going forward with anything is very similar to what they were saying in the case with Claudio, because when, you know, the resource officer, the principal, everybody sat her down to take the report and everything, they were like, you know, he's a very promised athlete. Um, This could really, really affect his future career and he has such a bright future so we're not saying that you're lying but if the if you're not telling the truth like now would be the time to say it but like if you but if it did happen then you you know you can talk to us and it's just like no that completely took away it's invalidating everything that happened (laughs) all of it all of it again there you go throwing the oh he's such a gifted promised Mm -hmm. athlete and student and young man but it makes (laughs) <laughs> the other person be like okay so then I'm, I obviously am not worth as I much mean I mean nothing in comparison and so she ended up um pulling back and they had footage because it happened at the school yep. they had they had footage of it of him going into the bathroom so um started young and there were even I've heard of stories that happened when he was still in junior high so it yep. could be but for us like confirmed it's been 10 years yep um so I continued to be friends with him for quite a few years because I was naive and genuinely, um, as I got older, like I would, I would randomly think about those times and kind of be like, cause I would see him out at the rave scene. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he, um, <laughs> unfortunately is a part of the EDM culture out here. Uh, hopefully not anymore. Um, but so whenever I would see him like that would kind of come up and I would just always be like I I don't trust you I know I stayed your friend but I don't I don't think those were lies but I never I still because I dated um one of his friends that was kind of like part of the friend group for over a year so I that was another time I was around him but what really blew everything up was last year um, it was very similar to the Me Too movement, but it was local. Um, there was a hashtag that started going around, hashtag Utah rapists, and women were anonymously calling out their abusers and their rapists. And there were at least 30 different women, 30 different stories, all mm-hmm. And those are just the women that felt comfortable enough to anonymously say something. Honestly, and there when ended that up being hap- more. When that happened, I was I still have like screenshots from last year. I, I, I have <laughs> all I have most of it. Everything I, I could find. Yeah. I when all of that came out, I was in such like a holy shit state of mind. It was insane. That and honestly, for the first time in my entire life, that is the first time. I finally felt validated and like you were believed because my trauma Mm -hmm. because it wasn't even that you know person's what that person had done to me it had also gone off of what more boys had done to me back in high school that were all part that were also friends they were all a part of the same friend group there yep there was two other instances Oh my God, again, I can't freaking talk. It's okay. <laughs> I, I stutter a lot. It's okay. Instances of, you know, thing, 
me being sexually assaulted. And again, those two people were in the same freaking group. And it happened two years later, both in the same night. And that was something I had repressed up until I was 20. So three years ago, and I finally started realizing, oh my God, this happened to me. And it was not right for what both of those individuals did to me. And so then I started realizing, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I have to, I have to start telling people like they are, they sexually assault women and I know I'm not the first one they've done it to. And I got it. Yeah. And I, when the whole thing came out last year, I found out I was not, I was not the only one from any of the, which. Thank God I have a producer that can edit that out. <laughs> We're going to call him asshole. If I want to address this person by name, this guy that has assaulted about 30 women, it's going to be asshole because I, I, I was doing good and I slipped up. Um, thank you, Dre, for editing that out. Beep. Beep. Um, so this asshole, obviously he was like the biggest deal out of all of it because of how many stories but even still these other two guys that he was really close with and friends with they had at least three to five stories each too and there wasn't there was like three of them like it I'm telling you guys when this was a whole group of people it was a whole goddamn group of yeah boys like I'm not trying I'm I'm trying to do this the right way quote unquote I'm not gonna sit here and throw names out because people who grew up with us like they're gonna listen to this and be like I know exactly who you guys are talking Mm -hmm. about with that group um the Syracuse boys Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all that's all I gotta say so and there was a lot of them on that list and I received because I ended up getting involved and offered to post women's stories for them anonymously and I got quite a few from those that was about those guys and they were horrible. It's really and it was always like, at the parties they were yeah, throwing. It's really like they just fed off of each other. Uh-huh. They fed off of Absolutely. this idea of who could get with the most girls. And who then, you could pull, how yeah. you could do it. And it's like, and then they also knew how to sense out vulnerability too. So it's like. Hard as fuck. They, they would, were predators. They would know who to go after. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, being a girl, it, it feels nice to be wanted. Yeah. It feels nice to be looked at. It feels nice to be complimented. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you don't realize it's all part of the grooming and part it, of it, something it's, bigger. It's a game to them. Mm-hmm. It was a game the entire freaking time where then after you're just sitting back, you know, like myself years later and you're just like, God, I'm disgusted. I'm so disgusted yeah. that like I... I was preyed on by yeah. all of these boys in this single group. And we were all kids. It's what <laughs> I think makes it even just sicker. Just And and I think I want to touch on that really quick before we continue the timeline because um, a lot of people I, I've heard say, well, why didn't you report it right after? Why are you talking about this years later? Why this? Why that? go take a psychology class go learn some stuff because the brain is a powerful thing and when you experience something so traumatic such as this 
a lot of times your brain puts up walls and shields and represses. And a lot of times what will happen is it will be repressed for so long. And just like with what happened with Claudia, something will happen to make those resurface and then you have to deal with it. And there's so many reasons for that, especially if it happens when you are really, really, really young, like so young that your brain can't even comprehend mm-hmm. like anything that happened to you. You don't know yeah. what happened was wrong. Like, and yeah. even at your age with, with what happened with main asshole, mm-hmm. um, you were still so young and still don't have the knowledge to understand really, but well, you knew something felt off. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even so, like in Utah, the age of consent, I believe, is 14. Really? I want to say it's 14, or it used to be. Wow. Back, in, back then. I'm going to Google it while you're yeah. talking, because now I'm curious. Yeah, so the age of consent used to be 14. So when the situation happened with me when I was 13, that gave them immediate, even, even if I did consent to it, I wasn't legally allowed to consent yep. to it. So pretty much I did tell them, I was like, I did not want that to happen. I I did not know what I was expecting, but I did not want that to happen. Right. And so they pretty much anyways took it into their own hands because of the age of consent is 14 and I was 13. So automatically that gave them the right to charge him with rape of a child. But with his defense, he pleaded down to a statutory rape. Right. Um, here it's saying it's 18 years old here. I bet now. It, I bet it, it must up. have. I wonder if it changes because of everything. I think there's certain weird, I don't know. I would have to read into it more. But um, it's just, it's, it's really important, uh, I think, to have these types of conversations because there's, there's a lot of people who don't know a lot of this information that would really be beneficial and kind of like my dad being one of them. Like when we talked on the podcast, uh, on his podcast just last night, like talking about the statistics of um, things and just kind of giving him a little bit more knowledge on stuff. He was just like, wow, like I didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, and it is such a taboo thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to and speak on. I th- I think, too, when it comes to everyone needs to be doing, like, their own research and everything when it comes to just learning, just learning about the statistics, about learning about how to prevent certain things. And, I mean, that's just a general thing with knowledge. So to get to learn more, you got to study more and you got to research more. And you have to take initiative of things, like, especially if you're not – knowledgeable on it and that's really like this utah rapist movement like it brought so much knowledge to to the surface and it brought so much out of the dark Mm -hmm. um and what i will say about that is um you know there were a few names on there that were on there like their they were their names were on there but you read their stories and it was like um kind of what I would call falling into those gray areas of like a little bit too forceful when we kissed and didn't necessarily get the hint when I said no, but that's as far as it went. And so if that's as far as it went, but these boys are getting labeled as rapists, like I understand how that can be detrimental. Cause there was, 
there was a story like that and the guy because it had been when they were younger and the guy like he made a whole statement on twitter and apologized to her he reached out to her personally and she even talked about it and it was so healing because he was like i didn't understand Mm -hmm. like at that age and like now like this has like it really hit home for him and so like there's there was a lot of growth to be had in that aspect aspect and I do want to say that like I think those guys shouldn't necessarily have been on a list of hashtag Utah rapists because that's that's a really far jump from things that happened but that's the gray area that needs to be talked about and we wouldn't have that as much I think if we had the education Mm -hmm. and um I will also say that there were a couple people on there that were falsely accused. And what's crazy is it kind of fell exactly in line as far as statistics, because if you want to talk about cases that are reported, mm-hmm. a little bit over 2% are false, like yeah. pretty much none. Yeah. Um, and based on the amount of names that came out and stories came out, like it was about that, that like people that, and I'm not saying that these people absolutely would not do this just because I knew them because obviously with asshole mm. I knew him in that same but like genuinely um it was not a thing and they had to make statements and like all sorts of yeah. stuff so like I understand that there's still things that can happen but I think the overall cause got gets lost and stuff like that when it's like hey I get that but like there's a man out here that has 30 stories. And if you sit and read all of them, yeah. same MO and just d- violent, the just same disgusting. In, like lures girls and women to, he'll buy them things. Festival tickets. Festival tickets, clothes, shopping sprees. There was one. This car. I'm not laughing. I've explained why I laugh with stuff like this, but... There was one girl that he was messaging, and thank God she never met up with him. And this is the thing, too. Um, these messages happened within this past year while he was on house arrest because he broke into a woman's home, which I will get to. But he messages this girl out of nowhere, and he'll just keep messaging, too. Until you throw him a bone, he'll hey, just babe. keep doing it. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, babe. Hey, question. <laughs> hey, question love. <laughs> hey, love question and then she's finally like so late what <laughs> literally are you in the shower right now are you are you eating candy on your couch i could i could literally with the amount of messages i've seen from this dude i could impersonate him perfectly okay. over text um, but he's all hey love question 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 she's like what and he's like she was not having his shit and he was like do you work out b and she's like no and he was like well do you want to work out with me and she's like why and he was like i don't know it would be fun and i'll buy you a whole nike outfit to come work out with me and she was like why Like, this is a random girl on Facebook. That's what he does. And we're not laughing because it's funny. But, like, in a way, the way he... It's just the way he goes about his day. Insane to me. And the way he... Because it's the same. Like, the the way he is with every woman and every DMs, he's he's that. It's disgusting. Hey, B, question. Do you smoke? Do you smoke? Hey, B. Hey, love. Hey, love. Question. And it's just... (laughs) 
And then if you throw him a bone and give him that attention, he's going to do whatever he can to get you over to his house. Yeah. Um, whether it is buying you festival tickets, whether it is giving you a car. Like, I am not joking. I am not exaggerating. No, the, I have proof. Yeah. No, there was that one where, um, you know, some girl was saying that she, like, her engine was broken. Yes. And so he was like, right. you can borrow my car. Literally. And it's like, I don't want to borrow your motherfucking car, dude. Yeah, he's lured women in with that. Like, um, saying that he can get you hookups and discounts to get your car fixed, things like, like that. It, it's, it's weird. The desperateness that I see in him now, and he looks so fucking small uh-huh. to me. He looks so little, so irrelevant. Such a sad, Just miserable. Just sad little man. Like, I can't, I... I look at what he has done, mm-hmm. and I honestly, I just hope he never has another victim ever, ever, ever again. Because I 10 know. years is way too fucking long. To just keep how, racking it up. It's ridiculous. How many girls he has physically harmed, emotionally harmed, you know, who was sexually assaulted. Like, it's just, I and hope. And he escalated. He, he needs to get his shit cut off or something i don't know well and i don't know if i can say that but oh you can (laughs) fuck yeah you can say that i agree i'll help um so because obviously this is starting when we're young so like now we find out about this last year and he over the years just continued to escalate and get more violent um he because he does have a record and right now it does not say sexual assault charges we're working on that but um what he does have is he had charges filed against him twice when he was with his ex-girlfriend because he broke into her home a couple times such Um, a crazy story broke her phone when he had taken it from her so she couldn't call for help and he he abused her he and thank thank god she's doing so much better i got to see her today at the protest and i just she's married has a really cute little husband like she just looks like she's doing so good and she deserves all of that because she went through hell with him and she filed reports when all of this happened that's how he has those charges so like when all of this was brought to light um, it got to a point where there was so many stories coming in that a state investigator actually reached out to me and one of the other women that was helping with sharing the stories for women. And she was like, you know, if you guys all filed reports, like we could, we could get him behind bars. Like that is a lot of, it was very concerning to her. And she, um, she has done so much to get what she can taking care of but unfortunately um only so many people felt comfortable going to report you couldn't go file another report um i almost said her name but um his ex-girlfriend i didn't know if she wanted to be named but one of his ex-girlfriends obviously she already had charges so she couldn't press against him i think only three women ended up which that is still i don't care that is still three women that I think there was more actually, but a couple of them, they already let them know that they couldn't move forward with anything for X, Y, and Z. But the three that 
were going to go forward, the detectives just stopped reaching out to them again. And I think that once that started happening, everybody really started losing hope because the whole reason we were trying to do that at that time and really push for it because we thought he was going to go to jail around that time last year. Literally, like you would think it would have happened because a year later. So um, what he did, he broke into a family home. He was looking for the younger sister, which she was not home, thank God. Um, But it was, like I said, a family home. So he was looking for a younger sister and she lived there with her older sister and her husband and their kids. And she woke up to him standing over her bed. Mm -hmm. And he was going through, he went into her child's room, her daughter's room. He was asking where her sister was. He was looking for her and um, her husband fell asleep downstairs. And once he heard the commotion and woke up, that was when he got scared and dipped out. Um, So they... They were looking for him. There's a warrant out for him for a little bit right after that because they were going to press charges. and Just the um, nerve. Like, like, just the fucking nerve. Like, I I am so... The fact that we know someone that could do something like that. But it doesn't even make sense no. because it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, You're what possesses your mind? Security. What possesses someone's mind to break into someone's house, for one... And then feel comfortable enough to ask this woman, like, where's your sister? Like, who the fuck are you? And get out of my house. Yeah. Oh, I I couldn't imagine. And so they ended up, they did end up uh, finding him a little bit after this happened. And they did book him. But his mommy and daddy posted bail. Like Like they they do do. for everything. Because they did that with his last charges. They do that with... Everything. I, everything. Uh, I mean, I think he's got been arrested, what, five, six, seven times? He's been arrested quite a few times. I don't know if he's had charges with all of those, but I know he's been arrested at I least. I still have a bail, though. Three to five. You at least still have a bail mm-hmm. to get out. Mm-hmm. And I can assure you, his mom and dad are paying for it yeah, each time. Absolutely. So, so he ended up getting out, and it was kind of conflicting information of whether or not he was on house arrest or not, because then people kept seeing him out and about. And then a couple weeks ago, I ended up seeing that he was at Diplo out here locally in Salt Lake, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I cannot anymore. Like, we've tried being patient. We've tried waiting for these cases to go through. We've been sitting and waiting for this, and... What I don't understand is they said that they kept pushing the court date because of COVID, but, like, everybody else was doing Zoom calls for court dates. Like, this is serious. Like, how are you not going to be on top of this? And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how the justice system works in all aspects. So it's very flawed. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. We all know uh, that. We learned that today. So it's just kind of like, okay, great. We're seeing him out at shows and stuff again. Now what? And then we got word that they finally had a date for um, going to court for him breaking into that family home. And that was today. Um, We are recording this on July 22nd, so Thursday. Um, And thank God he pled guilty to the charges and he will be serving jail time. We're not really sure how much, um, but this is a big win especially for that family they've gone through hell this past year and 
Um, but what's crazy about it is they had gotten papers for their court date because they only knew about it like maybe a week or so in advance. Mm-hmm. And a couple days later, this woman, she, she, I'm pretty sure it was her garage, but she had been out in her garage and then she went back in the house for a little bit. She was home alone and then goes back out there and her garage window is wide open. Mm-hmm. And they called the cops. They couldn't find anything. But I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's weird, especially well, if obviously if he can go to Diplo, they're not, they weren't tracking where he was. Yeah. Well, and then, that. well, and then they started getting messages from the brother, pretty much trying to intimidate the witness. Absolutely. And which, then the cops were looking for him too, because that is highly illegal, highly illegal. Well, pretty much. And he, he was messaged just, me too. Yeah. No, he was just going around pretty much making these threats. But then saying, well, if he really did do it, then I stand by you. He was very contradicting. He wasn't, he, did, he wasn't even he's, fucking making he's sense. He's a young kid, too. I don't know. I don't think he's very old, which well, is so weird. To just me. the fact that he's threatening all of these girls that <laughs> has had a past with or who are getting, trying to get justice. And even you for tr- being an advocate and right. having a voice for yeah. everyone who can't or who needs justice and then he's trying to come after you saying what did he say fuck around and find out with a smiley face i was so hot i was like oh my boyfriend i'm ready to throw hands i'm ready you were pissed my uh basically my brother markel and his wife Haley. they were pissed he was like oh no you're not gonna threaten my pregnant sister no absolutely (laughs) not Um, like which i could have filed around and you find out really though well and i i um i still need to i think i still am gonna call and just make a report just so it's like on record that it happened um i would i mean like this but they were looking trying to for him me yeah no they were looking for him i don't think they were necessarily gonna arrest him but they were definitely gonna talk to him and be like look man like that's not you can't be doing that um i still feel like that would be some type of i think it's it's tamper what not tampering with evidence that's different um <laughs> intimidation of a witness yeah, or even I because don't know. she was te- she testified today. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know that she was for sure intimidation of a witness, but I'm trying to think of even like for you, just like threatening, threatening someone. Maybe only if he reached out again because I told him not to contact me again, and he didn't. Mm. Which good, like whatever. I just I think that that I just think that's really telling for like the type of family we're talking here. You're um, just admitting guilt, honestly. Yeah, everything you say and do, it's just admitting guilt at this point. Yeah, and so what we ended up doing because of the fact that he did have court today, we decided to rally and do a protest in front of the DA's office down in Salt Lake. Um, Because as I said, I obviously don't know how um, the justice system works because I thought the DA was like the person we needed to go to, which they were great, like came out not too long after we set up and asked why we were there, like just out of curiosity. Um, And the guy was really awesome and very receptive. And so he got a meeting scheduled with us at two o'clock. So we protested there for a while we had a couple news outlets kind of stop and talk with us and ask questions we didn't get filmed or anything um but i'm hoping that they will contact me or somebody to kind of talk about this one day one day if we can just sit someone that is important down and just be like hey 
look, this is what's up. This is yeah. what's been happening for a long time. There's like, it doesn't take a genius to see the patterns. No. Well, and especially with this one specific individual, like, hello, um, it's been going on for way too long. There's way oh. too many women. There's way too way many, too many women. stories. And way also, too many of the same ML. E- even, even making that bigger and being like, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to promote you know, advocacy for sexual assault victims well, and how it's a, there's so many different pieces to how we can make a change with this kind of yeah. stuff. Well, and I think it first stems with, you know, and I, I know there are programs, you know, helping victims and everything. I know there's right. that whole route, but I just feel like it needs to be bigger. It does because they just barely, the specifically Salt Lake City DA's office just barely got a program in place for that. Good. Um, and that's what the DA was telling us. But he even said that he didn't think other counties had it. And so what we were... Well, and just barely now getting one. Yeah. Sexual assault has always, it's always been, a, been thing. a thing. So, it, so why hasn't why it we always just, been a thing? That's what, I'm, <laughs> it, that's what I said. I was just like, oh, that's great that you guys are I'm g- glad. But like... Why is there not already something like that in place for victims? And really it came down to him. Like they heard us out. They gave us reference of routes that we need to take to make things happen, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I I asked him, I was like, so just for shits and giggles, like say that we do take these proper routes and, you know, these women do make their reports and do what they need to do and contact the higher ups to make sure stuff's being worked. If every single one of them is told, sorry, we don't have sufficient enough evidence or sorry, this falls too far out of line for statute of limitations. If all of them get thrown out and just nothing ever comes of it, then what? Just an oh, well, there's a rapist walking around and their exact response was, well, unfortunately, we do see this happen. And the best example I could give is Bill Cosby. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, (laughs) literally all of us, which I tried to kind of help myself calm down because he was talking about how he was going through the process of what happened with his case and then he got acquitted and he just gets to walk off scot-free. And I was like, yeah, we said save Britney, not Bill Cosby. (laughs) And I got a laugh out of the detective. It was fucking great. (laughs) But, like, I was just, like, so you're literally saying, yeah, like, you guys are shit out of luck if that were to happen. So it's just, like, hey, there's got to be some way that we can change the way things like this are handled so there aren't all these predators walking free, especially in Utah, because we are ranked number 11 out of 50 states for highest sexual assault cases per capita. (sighs) God, it's like, I can't believe that, but I can believe that. Yeah. And that's the shitty part about it. And, you know, with the whole getting justice thing for all the victims and, you know, reporting, it honestly, it hurts my heart, like, so bad because Um. I already got my justice. I... I you got to press charges I and got do to, the thing. I got to press charges. My family took him to court and I got my justice with him and it really does hurt my heart a lot and it makes me sad that there's been so many other 
victims of his that will never get the chance. And that could be because of lack of evidence or um, what's it called? I was saying it earlier. Statue of limitations. Yeah, statue of limitations. When some of them won't come forward because they've seen what's gone on with the few girls that have. Yeah, that have come forward. Yeah. And and look, nothing's really been being done. So it does. It's the cycle that's just like. It's the whole cycle. And it, it does. It breaks my heart just because I. I feel lucky to have a family that went after him because even Serena asked me earlier and she's like, do you think if your mom didn't see those uh, Facebook messages between you two, do you think you you would have charged something? And honestly, I wouldn't have because I would have blamed myself as I blamed with, I blamed myself with two of my other assaults because I had been drinking I was It's because of what everybody else puts out yeah. with the victim blaming yeah. of, well, why were you drinking? Why did you go to that party? Yeah. Why did you dress like that? And it's like, well, that is that, not. Well, that and, you know, like I said, too, a lot of people didn't really believe me either with the first Absolutely. story either. Yeah. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, well, my I was able to press charges on the first person. But a lot of people didn't really ask questions, or if they did, it was more of a matter of, I don't believe you, right. or I don't really, it's just, it's not wanting to be talked about. Absolutely. It, yeah, people just didn't want to talk about it, and I was fine with that. I was like, whatever, believe what you want to believe, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it either. And well, so. And it's like, you're, I know the truth, it yeah. happened to me, you can judge, but you don't know, Yeah, so. and. I think after, you know, then my two other assaults happened two years later, and I was drinking. It was my second time ever drinking, and I blamed myself. I blamed myself for it, and I pretty much, you know, victim blamed myself, and I was like, well, you were drinking, you obviously weren't with the people with the best intentions and so the only person you can really blame is yourself because you're the one that put yourself in the situation so honestly I I kept that to myself I was so sad I was so embarrassed like honestly I was like holy shit I was like I can't believe that happened I don't know why that happened I just know I did not want that to happen, and I didn't tell anyone. Yeah, because I think I don't think you opened up about that until everything came out last year. No, I didn't. I think you shared with me yeah. when I started sharing stories. No, and I I didn't tell anybody up until um, like I didn't even tell uh, the person I was in a relationship with three three years. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even know. And so after that relationship had ended, I was in a different relationship. And I, this is when I lived in Texas. And so I was living in a different state. Right. I had no family. I had no friends. I just had a guy that I was dating and pretty much all the people in his life. And for some reason, I started just feeling all of these like intense, like flashbacks. Yeah. And kind of memories as to what had happened to me. And I had to take that 
and be like, holy shit, like this really happened to me and I have to face yeah. it. I have yeah. to deal with it and I have to face it now. Cause I was, conf- even then I was like, did this really happen? Cause then I started feeling confused and it's like all of those emotions start kind of running in a circle. You're, mm-hmm. You start feeling like sadness and then anger and then guilt, and you just start feeling like all these emotions that you should have said something to someone, right. and you never did. Yeah. So now it's like you're talking about it, mm-hmm. but then you start kind of feeling like, well, do people even believe me now that I'm yeah. speaking on it? Because I didn't Absolutely. talk about it then. Yeah. But then it's like I talked about it then the first time, and, and people nothing, didn't believe me back happened. then either, even with taking him to court and having yeah. charges. So honestly, it was just it. There was just so much hardship with all of those situations all in one to where it was kind of like it just needs to start being talked about and someone needs to be a voice for the people that can't speak on it. Yeah. Because it, like, yeah, of course it was traumatic to me, but I just feel like I was, maybe I was just always meant to be one of those people to speak for others because it is easy for me to talk yeah. It is easy. Yeah. It is so easy for me to talk about it. And maybe that is because I've, I've overcome. Hold on to it for a long time and done the work to yeah. kind of hurdle. Yeah. That. And I, I, I feel like I have you. overcome yeah. like all of the situations. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> it doesn't take it away yeah. and mean it didn't happen, but. And it's not like, it's not fun to talk about, but like I said, and I will say it over and over. It's just so fucking necessary to talk about these things because we need to stop making it feel like we're the dirty ones for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because I think that's why a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And it's because it makes you feel dirty. Yeah. yeah. But it's like if we can take our power back, mm-hmm. that is how we get a, the conversation going and that is how we start healing, and that's Absolutely. how that is how we can get ourselves how we back. progress yeah. too, because for the people that have never experienced that, or kind of were lucky enough to live in a bubble of like kind of thinking it's not really as big of an issue. Like, I think the more people like that that hear conversations like this and like continue to listen, like can learn a lot and it can really change perspectives and that helps so much because if we can take the stigma off of the victim speaking out and see this for what it really is which is these are horrible people that need to be either put away or they need to go through some sort of behavioral like some something has got to give with stuff like this because um it is something that runs rampant in our state specifically unfortunately um i blame i blame the culture for sure the culture um the sex ed curriculum um i don't know i was even talking about it with shelby like really big state of slut shaming and you got a lot of it i did even when you were so young and a lot of it was because of the stuff that happened with asshole after he was assaulted you and because he went off right Mm -hmm. he continued to live his life he spread whatever he wanted to say and people took his word for it because he was the promised athlete yes 
So Which I'm sorry, he was not that fucking good at football. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck the rage was about. He didn't even go play college ball, I don't think. so. No, and honestly, he, he deserves what is coming to him. And regardless, if nothing more can be done with the law, I think it's still... Important for people to know what's going on. Yes, that and... Now, so many people know what kind of person he is. It's growing. No one will ever look at him the same ever again. And that is his karma. That is his karma coming to bite him in the ass because he can't just show up anywhere anymore. He can't show up at parties. He can't show up at shows, festivals, restaurants without people. Blacklisted. Yeah. No, for sure. And because honestly, if the that's law what he isn't going to, like, I made sure, because the rave scene takes shit like that super, super, super seriously. So um, all the bars that I have my connections with that I reached out to, they all know his face. They all know what to look for. He's not allowed. Um, we're even working on um, getting him kind of blacklisted as far as V2 goes. Good. And um, I should look into that as well. I actually know. Yeah, if you know, yeah, because they compiled a couple of the girls in my rave group that are amazing, um, that caught wind of everything. They compiled so much stuff and sent it over to the people from V2. I know my friend Tim is going to talk to them. So, yeah, uh, definitely if you rave and you want to make sure it's a safe place, um, I can try and see if I can find V2 contact info and keep you guys updated. And um, because, yeah, I mean, at this point, um, I know that at least one of the girls is still gonna, especially after our meeting with the DA's office today, she's, she's a fucking fighter. She is a fighter. She is such a strong, and she's at the point where she's like, I don't even care. I'm just pissed. I'm, I'm angry. As and, she should be. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes it takes that little bit of fire to should. get shit done. Yeah. So maybe that's what is needed and it's that fire. And I yeah. mean- We've been trying to get this going since last year. And we've been trying to, you know, promote advocacy. And we've been trying to promote, like, safe places to talk. And, you know, because even beyond sexual assault goes, that plays a huge factor in mental health. Absolutely. And so, again. emotional manipulation and gaslighting and abuse. Well, and especially in Utah, again, we have, like, huge and such high, like, mental health stats here. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, with do. our suicide rates. And Absolutely. mental health is another thing that needs to be taken seriously, more seriously here. Because, you know, anybody can say, like, oh, well, this tragedy happened, so now we're going to promote... I want to say Syracuse strong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's kind of, it's really, though. it's just like this very contradicting thing as to, oh, well, our city is so strong, but they don't protect their own. No, we had a really bad issue between Syracuse and Clearfield of teens committing suicide. Zach was one of those. And I talked about him in the first episode. Um, Rest in peace, my guy. I miss him. Um, but yeah, like that's a really good example because they didn't they didn't really care about him. I almost got suspended from school for selling bracelets for to raise money for Zach's funeral. Did they really? 
Yeah, they pulled me into the office and told me uh, that I was glorifying suicide. Shut Swear up. Swear to fucking God, I almost got suspended unless I, if I wouldn't have stopped, I would have gotten suspended. And then I asked them, well, can we at least, because I heard that Clearfield was doing some sort of memorials for uh, some of their kids that uh, committed suicide. And oh my. so I asked if we could do a page in the yearbook uh, for Zach. And they told me no, because it was glorifying suicide but then the f- these other people <sighs> get a bench and they get a whole homecoming game dedicated to them and we're syracuse strong yeah yeah it broke do my you heart think dude this has to, do you think this again plays into the fact that there were two sides of that school we talked about this today too so Sar- for anybody who didn't grow up around here and doesn't understand the dynamics of syracuse utah that high school if you were not a jock, if you didn't dance, if you weren't a cheerleader, because um, if you were part of that group, you were on, like, the cool side. Yep. Um, regardless of what type of person you are. If yep, you your were parents that, were wealthy. Like, a lot had, of wealthy kids. You were living kids. good. Yeah. All the other, the rest of us, we were labeled as losers, druggies, ghetto. the partiers, ghetto, just because we didn't play sports and do those things. Yeah. So there was always this weird, huge separation. Like, yeah. And so me and Serena, of course, were on the druggy side and we started and I talking. I wasn't even doing drugs we at that time drugs. at all. Like, I wasn't doing shit. I drank sometimes at parties, but I didn't. I didn't even start smoking cannabis until I was an adult, my um, guy. I was pretty, I mean, I, I'm not saying I was well innocent. Off, motherfucker, so, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't innocent either, but, like, I wasn't a bad kid. I got straight A's almost through all of school. Like, I fucking. I was not a bad kid at no. all. It was just literally the dynamic of not being on a sports team. And, and a lot of, a lot of the sports players were LDS, whereas a lot of, like, us weren't. Mm, and that was yep. a big thing, too. But More it's funny because. A lot of the people that were either LDS or hung out with the LDS kids were a lot of the guys that were having issues with. Yep, exactly. Isn't that weird? It's almost as if that culture that teaches women, Shelby talked about it in our episode because she grew up LDS. They oh, very I'm, much put it on the woman. I was baptized. Were you? I, I had no yeah. idea. Yep, I was baptized Mormon. Yep. I, so, you know, I don't have to even preach it to you. No. They put it all on the woman. Yeah. It's your fault to stay covered up, stay yeah. modest because... And then it puts this idea out that these men are just like dogs that just can't yeah. contain themselves. And it's no. like, this is my fucking no. shoulder, so bro. I left, like, I left the church at 13. Sorry, I'm not trying to switch the subject or no, anything. No, I like it. Um, when I was 13 and when the that incident happened with that right. certain person. Um, Asshole. The, my bishop. Oh. You, was talking talk to me. to him about it? He, he asked me questions. Uh, pretty much as to why I invited him in. <gasps> why I invited a 16-year-old boy over. Are you kidding I, me? No. Well, because and they ha- they make <laughs> you, yeah, because I had a um, I had a boyfriend that was LDS, and his parents tried to convert me for a minute, but when he dated somebody else, after the fact, like, they had gone through something that involved... Um, sex and because his parents found out about it they forced him to talk to the bishop about it but the bishops also like i've heard countless stories of girls at very young ages being brought in to talk to the bishop without their parents and asking them if they're touching themselves no uh, thank god i you never thank god never i I I know i've heard stories oh i have too oh I, I've heard no. of the, I've heard of those stories, but thank you, Jesus. I was didn't experience it. No, Good. because I think I 
would have low key lost my shit. I wouldn't being have that known young. What to do. I oh, wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. No. I'd be like, "What? Do you, what are you talking? I about? I don't understand what you're asking me, sir. Why are we talking about but, this? Well, and when I was 13 was when I left. Um, because don't blame you. because after kind of all of that was going on, I was struggling quite yeah. a bit. Um, I was self-harming and mm. I was just going through a so much so much imagine. within my head I yeah. was going through so much and so I was just very very confused and lost like I mentioned earlier and so I just remember at one point my bishop was going around to the other young women mm-hmm. and pretty much telling them the things that I'd been telling him that I'd been struggling with that's not okay. So he I was like, like breaching my confidence. And yeah. so Absolutely. when I had heard when one of the uh, girls that I was in young women's with and she came up to me and she's like, yeah, the bishop told me this and this and this and this and this. Oh I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I told him that. This was a private conversation. It was a private conversation, and I didn't want other teenage girls oh, knowing of all my people, shit. Yeah, no, of all people, you don't want, because there's that, no. that <laughs> witch wound that makes us automatically, yes. like, competition. No, absolutely, and so that's when I fully decided, I was like, this is not what I want, this is not me, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So yeah. I told my mom, I was like, I'm not going to church anymore, and honestly... She was pretty upset with me over it. She was pretty upset, and I was just kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt you, but this is not me. And so she tried a few other times to get me to go, which I did, but I just was not connecting spiritually, I think, as I once was as a child. Yeah, because as a child, I think my view on it, because I remember being young, and after my dad passed away, I was searching for just something yeah, like anything. I was just grasping for something to to reason everything in my young mind and religion always came across as very magical to me yeah. mm-hmm. when you're a kid like yeah. I and I think that's why they probably baptize so young I think that's probably why that's it's how they catch you yeah because you're so young and impressionable and whatever they say you know it's like I believe that and as you get older it's just kind of like well like the more knowledge you gain, the more life experience you gain. Like, and I'm, again, like I've said it before, like I know a lot of really cool LDS people, but they, they also don't take everything to heart with the church. Like I know a lot of LDS people that still will swear and they drink and they enjoy, they enjoy life still and they don't judge other people. But as a whole, it's funny because like Mormons outside of Utah are really cool and then they come and meet our Mormons and they're like what the fuck no literally because my mom is not from here isn't she is she from out in California no she's well she grew up in Kansas oh did she yeah and then she moved to New Mexico she was kind of an army brat oh okay but um pretty much like her her upbringing wasn't the best her mom had a lot of issues and so she has had quite a bit of trauma growing up. And right. so my mom never had that Stability, Mormon maybe. family. I understand. You think of Mormonism and you see family. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things and virtues that you could have, and it yeah. is the whole family. And so my mom started being friends with 
these girls who were Mormon mm-hmm. in New Mexico. And one of the girls, like, she had just, like, the most the best mom and right. the best really family. Good family. And she was actually coming up here to go to BYU. She's like, I want that. And my mom was like, I, that's what I want. I right. want this stable family Absolutely. life. That is what I want. So she came out here to Utah and tried getting into BYU, ended up being waitlisted. So she ended up going to Utah Valley, I think, for like a year or something. And then um, she got pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And then again, she, I think, kind of started shifting again because she didn't really quite know where she was because with Mormonism, it's like, well, you need to be married. Yeah, I was going to ask how that dynamic yeah, worked like for you, her. Yeah, like you need to be married before you have sex and you need to absolutely go to the temple and you need to do all these things. Right. And so pretty much my mom got pregnant with me and then kind of started slipping away again. Mm-hmm. Um which um, she talks about it now, and I'm like, that's totally fine. You should have just stayed that way. <laughs> should have stayed that way, Mom. <laughs> but, I mean, she kind of has always had the life that she's kind of come back into the church and then back out, back in and back out. And, honestly, each time she's gone back in mm-hmm. has been through times of hardship. And right. it, it is to give her kind of what you're talking that about, of, that sense of peace and clarity yeah. and having something. So, like, when my dad passed, my mom... Did Regu- she start going back? She started going yeah. regularly, and she was like, I want to get sealed to him in the temple. Oh. And it's this whole idea of having that whole family yeah. to her. That. So a lot of her beliefs aren't as so Like crazy. in line with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not like super Momo. But for but her, it's just like, and it's the same way that like spirituality and witchcraft for me has been that thing that has really brought me what I feel like a sen- is a sense of clarity at times and really gotten me through and pushed yeah, me absolutely. forward in life. So well, honestly, I really like to think that everyone needs sometimes something yeah. to just keep them going and to hold on. Yeah. And it's hard to find that sometimes. Like for me, spirituality is definitely a, it's always been a pretty big thing to me. Um, yeah. But I don't, for religion, I don't go out of my I way don't. to learn about it really or to want to experience it ever again since leaving the church. And yeah. honestly, I kind of look at myself and it's like everything that I've been through, I I don't know what it is that mm. helps me get through the bad days right. and the hard days, but I just do it. So I... Some people just need something a little bit more hooking, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I could see that. But I could see that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just wish that for out here it wouldn't play so much a role in <sighs> the rape culture of things in the way yeah. I've seen a lot of... Like, it's funny, too. There's been a lot of... Like, back in high school, there was a lot of Mormon boys that would try really freaking hard to get yeah. with me, too. And it's like... It was a thing, yeah. And it's like... um hello what are you doing yeah and you gotta go on a mission boy you can't there's no ring on my (laughs) finger what are you doing well and then they would play kind of that oh well it's okay like it doesn't matter we only do this I genuinely knew guys that would try and be like well if we do anal then we're not oh Jesus oh I swear to god it didn't happen to me but I heard stories of that because then it's like that's that really doesn't surprise me because I 
think it would would have been the same way with oral too. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I think a lot of them kind of walked that line and was like, well, I can do everything else. Except for um, that. Yeah. And honestly, just so some of just the logical aspect of the minds of teenagers here, it yeah. just doesn't even fucking make sense. And that's why with sex Very ed, concerning. that's why maybe if it is pushed more, which I don't even know if it ever will, because I know people just you know, scream at the top of their lungs. Well, just stay abstinent. Stay abstinent. That's all you need as if it's any fucking... for everybody. Is, that is not realistic, honestly. And that is not realistic for many adolescents. Most teens, I think, like a lot of them. Because, I mean, it's one of those things, like, you know, when your parents tell you not to do something, so you want to do it. Because you're it like, why? <laughs> like, I don't understand. So it's like when we're at this point where we're like, hey, well you guys aren't going to educate us and talk to us about it. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And that's yeah. when really dangerous situations can come about that none of us were prepared for or looking to be in. And um, it's just, it's just really scary. I really, really, really hope that something more comes with this asshole situation. I will keep Me you too. guys updated. I, um, I hope that, I explained all of that. Okay, we can definitely do a, another episode down the road if needed for clarity of anything or if there's any updates. Um, and we also, because there's a lot more I wanted to talk with you about that we will definitely have you yes. back on if I you'd love, love to. I would love to be back. Yes. I'll be less nervous next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you sounded great. You didn't sound nervous at all. You killed this. And it was to be like, uh, like when I talked about everything that I went through in the second episode like I had a really hard time recording that and like even if you felt really nervous like you did not come across that way and I just like I'm so (laughs) proud of you like to be able to see all of your progression and just knowing where you've been to where you are now you've gone through so much and you still continue to be an advocate and fight for yourself and do what you can for others. And I just think it's really admirable. I love the shit out of you. Thank you. You are welcome. I love you so much. And yeah, no, I've really enjoyed, you know, talking a little bit on the subject. I know we've been talking about it pretty much all day, <laughs> but it's so it's, it's real. It's what's going on. It's right relevant now for and us. it's refreshing to, you know, get it out there and yeah. speak my thoughts on kind of what needs to be done, how we need to do it. What just everything in Utah and how much it needs to change and how much of it needs to be addressed. So, and it starts with conversations like this one. I really think it does. I really think it does. So, when we have you back, because you have recently been diagnosed with BPD. Yes. So, and that's really a huge one of the biggest mental illnesses that is the most stigmatized. between that and bipolar, I think they are the most stigmatized um, out of everything. So, um, and I, I'm glad that we're going to be able to dedicate a whole episode to that because yes. I think there's a lot to be said within that. Honestly, as well. yeah. And for the next time I come on, I which I absolutely want to do, um, I would like to. I'll get some research pulled up cool. and I'll get some things written down so that way we can kind of fully more in depth talk about what it means what it is and absolutely it can't be cured but um just how it can 
the treatment for it. So yeah, and the routes that can be taken to help with that. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and we'll definitely because uh, even my friend Haley, she was talking to me that just trying to do because she came in contact with someone that was BPD and she had never known anybody that um, has that. And so when she was trying to kind of educate herself on it, she was saying how little resources there are online and it's very much the only thing you can really find on it is that people with BPD have very black and white thinking and they have very troubled relationships. And I'm just like, there's wow, so much more. there's so it. much more to that. So and to just more. say like, they just have troubled relationships. Okay, well, why? Like yeah. that's, you're not... So anybody could look at that and be like, oh, well, that's me, <laughs> you know? Well, there's nine traits, so BPD. yeah, two of those are the traits, but just but there's two. more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more to yeah, it. Absolutely. So yeah, I would love to talk kind of more in depth about what that is to me and kind of my experiences, right. how I went about getting treated or not treated, but diagnosed. And um, yeah, I would love nothing more to to talk about it so I'm excited yeah that was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to start this too was kind of so people could learn more about things like that we are I hope we are expanding our minds together friends thank you guys so much for listening I um at this point have had a few episodes out and I'm just really grateful for all the feedback I've received a lot of love and I just I couldn't be more grateful that grateful for that see now I can't talk either <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's all good um but before we go do you want to take some deep breaths with me that's kind of our thing now oh sure so just take three deep breaths really quick okay beautiful my beautiful humans thank you so much again for coming on i love you and thank you guys for listening thank you guys i'm so excited for you guys to hear this one i hope you guys enjoyed it remember stay safe especially with this one emphasis on stay safe uh stay beautiful and remember you guys there is always another day Bye.